before we get to reading the Heidelberg Catechism, Scripture reading is from Leviticus 19. Actually, why don't we start with Deuteronomy? I know it's uh, the next, you know, further in the Bible than Leviticus, but Deuteronomy 19 lays out the commandment, first of all. Deuteronomy 19, beginning at verse 15. Hear the word of God. And this is speaking of bearing false witness. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So here's Deuteronomy 19, verse 15. One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses the matter shall be established. If a false witness, if a false witness rises against any man to testify against him of wrongdoing, then both men in the controversy shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who serve in those days, and the judges shall make careful inquiry. And indeed, if the witness is a false witness who has testified falsely against his brother, then you shall do to him as he thought to have done to his brother. So you shall put away the evil from among you. And those who remain shall hear and fear. And hereafter they shall not again commit such evil among you. Your eye shall not pity. Life shall be for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Now let's back up to Leviticus 19, beginning at verse 9, page 134 in your Bible maybe. Leviticus 19, verse 9, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not cheat your neighbor, nor rob him. The wages of him who is hired shall not remain with you all night until morning. You shall not curse the deaf. You shall not put a stumbling block before the blind. But you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go about as a talebearer among your people, nor shall you take a stand against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That's a reading from Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Let's go to our confessional reading, Lord's Day 43 of the Heidelberg Catechism. You'd find this page 557 in the songbook. Lord's Day 43, what is required in the ninth commandment? 
I must not give false testimony against anyone. Twist no one's words, not gossip or slander, nor condemn or join in condemning anyone rashly and unheard. Rather, I must avoid all lying and deceit as the devil's own works, under penalty of God's heavy wrath. In court and everywhere else, I must love the truth, speak and confess it honestly, and do what I can to defend and promote my neighbor's honor and reputation. After the sermon, we'll be singing hymn 70. Congregation, brothers and sisters loved by Jesus Christ, we live in interesting times. What is truth? Truth is whatever you make it out to be these days, it seems. Think of that politician who condemned Jesus Christ to death, Pontius Pilate. What is truth, he said. So much skepticism. So many conspiracy theories. There used to be this hope. Maybe some of the grandparents among us know that there was a time when there was hope that mathematics would get to the bedrock of truth. Maybe science would get to the foundation, the unshakable truth. We're past those days. Now whatever is truth gets to be handled and manipulated, massaged by people who are marketing people in politics, people in journalism. Everything's politicized. We no longer have real access to the truth, and it's too much work. I think of the, the youth among us, how much work it is to get at the truth these days. Just bring up a subject like COVID-19, you know what I mean. There's so much misdirection and the harm, the response, all of it. And what about this, the subject of gender? How little science and biology has to say, and it's all shoved out of the way. What is truth? It's whatever you feel. God loves the truth. And when the truth can be used for or against, and it's handled by elites in the media, handled by the mob of humanity, we hear the ninth commandment, and God in the ninth commandment says, I love the truth. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. God says, I hate lies. I hate falsehood. I love the truth. And I'm going to use the truth, God says, not to kill and to destroy, but to save and to give life. That's why I bring the truth to you, to give you life. So here's the message. Love the truth. God does, so we should. Love the truth. And first, notice that God loves the truth. Proverbs 21, every man's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. The Lord weighs the hearts, means He knows what's going on in our hearts. He knows the truth about each of us. He knows He has all the dirt on you. 
plenty to condemn each of us for our idolatries. He knows murderous, hateful thoughts we've had. Judgmental thoughts. He knows lustful thoughts we've had. He knows those jealous thoughts we've had. Greed. The truth. He sees it all. And it's not pretty. And God, you hear this, He loves the truth. And the fact is, He could condemn to hell every single person. For we're sinners. But, but now compare the truth from God with the truth from Satan. Maybe that sounds wrong. Truth from Satan. But the fact is, truth from Satan. Satan knows true things. The demons know true things. The devil And they know it and they use it to accuse. They know how to use it to increase despair and guilt. Why so many people take their own life. Satan is the accuser. He's the adversary. Brings you to hopelessness. And he uses truth, tidbits, fragments of truth. Whatever is convenient, He will use to kill and to destroy. That's what makes it a lie. Just enough truth to destroy. Satan's first one was in paradise. He says, did God really say? Notice that kind of truth that comes from Satan. You shall not surely die, for God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What Satan's doing is just using a few pieces, enough chunks of truth to be believable. In John 8, 41, Jesus says to the Pharisees, you are doing the works your father did. Verse 44, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. So, this is very helpful. The Heidelberg Catechism summarizes it like this. I must avoid all lying and deceit as whose works? The devil's own works. Under penalty of God's heavy wrath. The devil's own works. Notice that. If you want to silence someone, you can murder them. You can lie. It's a very gentle way of murdering somebody. Lying. Look at how the world uses so much, so many accusations to defame people. The world in politics and media and absolutely can silence somebody, can cancel somebody by calling you and just throw out a few expressions like homophobic, fascist, transphobe, misogynist, racist, and there you go. Small fringe minority, I don't have to deal with them. As if you can classify them in a certain way and you don't have to deal with anything they say. They're as good as dead now, right? Good. Lies do that. They destroy in Satan's hands. In the Old Testament picture, it comes from the legal system there. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. In the courts, before the judges, you were asked, okay, Explain what happened. Can you tell me what happened last night? And you could make up a lie and say, yeah, I saw Bob, he came over and he stole the cow. 
you read Deuteronomy 19 with me. Because you need more than one witness. Let's say you wanted to get rid of Bob for a while. He's annoying. Maybe he's, he's, um, yeah, he's a neighbor you'd like to get rid of. You could put him in prison. You just make up a story that you saw Bob steal your cow. And that bearing false witness, those lies get your neighbor in trouble. And Deuteronomy 19 puts some serious consequences in place. You know what the penalty is for that? Let's say you were found guilty for lying. You know that you would be punished with the same thing you were trying to dish out? Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. What you wanted to happen to Bob? And so you start with this basic explanation of the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. God loves the truth. And the truth should be for the life of your neighbor, not to put him down. How much of what we share on social media is true things that are meant to put down your neighbor the way Satan does, to ridicule, make fun of, and destroy and take away the credibility of somebody. How does God use the truth? I want to highlight that. that We tend to use the truth, parts of it. So often we use truth for our advantage. We might leave out a few details, embellishing others, so that we can can put ourselves in a better light and put our neighbors, uh, people we disagree with, cancel their opposite opinions, maybe make them go away, destroy them. But does God do that? What does God do with the truth? To save life, to heal, to restore. And here's what God does. He speaks the truth about us. So much of the Bible is a testimony of the miserable state God's people are in. God speaks the truth about humanity. And he speaks the truth quite directly to his own people. Romans 3 verse 10, he says, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Why does God lay it on so thick? You're no good? Well, it's not to destroy. Especially in... Romans, you'll notice that it's to reveal a righteousness from heaven, a righteousness apart from your own, a righteousness in Jesus Christ by faith alone. God brings the truth and He loves the truth because this is how people will ever find life in Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. John 14, verse 6, no one comes to the Father except through me. You can't have eternal life without the truth. God loves the truth and He brings it to us. And it's not all pretty. He brings it to us to save. You know, we read from Leviticus 19. Not sure if you caught the connection because it's all about love. Love your neighbor as yourself, you know, Leviticus 19. 
And it's the opposite of destroying your neighbor. You should know this about the Lord your God. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, Leviticus 19 says. But you shall, what's the opposite of hating your neighbor? You'd say love. But hang on, do you remember reading that? Leviticus 19, you shall not hate your neighbor in your heart, but you shall surely rebuke your neighbor. I didn't expect that. I thought it would just say, you shall love your neighbor. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You see what it's getting at. Our modern Western culture thinks that truth is always personal. Thinks that to love your neighbor, to love your brother, to love your friend, your, your neighbor, your co-worker, is to let them be. Live and let live. You have your acreage, I have mine. You do your thing, I do my thing. Let them think what they want. I will think what I want. Their truth is their truth. Welcome to Revelation or to Leviticus 19, verse 17. Do not hate your brother like that. How? Do not hate your brother by letting him be. You catch that? Do not hate your brother by, speak, by, by being silent. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall speak frankly, some translations will say. Reprove, you shall. Other translations will say reprove or correct or confront or rebuke. So what's the opposite of hating your neighbor? Saying the honest truth. But I'm not sure we're there yet. We understand what that means. It has a goal in mind. To say the truth is not just any truth and not, not the truth that comes the easiest to you, but like the doctor who has to speak the truth, even about deadly illness. He doesn't do it for the fun of saying it. You see, God, He's bringing the truth to you. He's confronting us, the Lord God, and He brings the truth in order to bring us to ultimate comfort. If anyone should confront you, it's the one who loves you first, who sent His Son to die for you. In John 14, the Holy Spirit, John 16, He's the, com he's the comforter. He's the advocate. And God is saying, I love the truth and I'm going to bring it to you in order to comfort you. You can find refuge in me. I'll forgive your sins. You come to me knowing all that's unpleasant, all that's wrong in your life, all that is sinful. And so this is God saying the truth about you, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, he's not hating us. If, in fact, he hated us, he wouldn't have a Bible. There'd be no one alive. Here's the point. So many people want to hear only positive words from God. And so the Bible is whittled down to only a couple sentences, a couple verses here. They only want affirmation of the things you already believe and understand and know. 
things about love and things about acceptance. But the truth is, from God, often unvarnished. God even sends His children. He sends believers to you. He sends family members to you or friends to remind you because they love you and they confront you. Do not remain in your sins, but repent. Turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord Jesus. Find comfort in Him. God brings the truth because He loves the truth to bring you to Christ. So we should too. That's our second point. We should too. You find it difficult to confront somebody? Especially difficult when it's somebody close to you that you care about. How many times it isn't some family member, some friend, and you want to bring the truth to them, and you have a hard time saying the truth because you might lose that relationship, you might lose that friendship, you might never have another chance to speak to them. That's a good challenge to be in. Because if you don't understand this, you will find this easy to bring the truth because you've got nothing to lose and you can speak the truth and you drive other people away. And so many Christians do this. It's like, like the bumper sticker Christianity. You will drive people away. You get rid of other people by slamming the truth at them. And so the ninth commandment, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Who's, who's in mind here? Your neighbor, I want them to live. I want you to have life. That's why I'm bringing you the truth. I want to bring it to you carefully and gently because I want you to have life, to be saved, to be healed, to be in Christ Jesus. Are you too worried about offending someone? You're probably worried about driving somebody away by speaking the truth. And it doesn't take much. You just think of the last time somebody came to you. Somebody who really meant well. And you only feel, and you only remember how you feel. And it did not go well. I never want to go through that again. The way so-and-so just spoke up to me like that. I'm never going to do the same and put somebody else through that. But here's the thing. What do we read in Leviticus 19? Do you, hate your do you hate your brother? Do you hate your sister? Because then you would do nothing. That's hate. Leave them to stumble in the darkness. That's hate. Leave them in their sin or their misunderstanding. Because if you truly love someone... If you truly love someone, you will go through the pain of trying to meet with that person. Trying to meet with them. You go through all the discomfort of finding out how they might be wrong, having done wrong. 
and that you would bring the truth of God into their life. That's what God calls love. And this is what we need within our families, within our workplaces, our neighborhood street. You think about evangelism and outreach, there has to be at the basis some hope that the truth would bring life to somebody. That the discomfort is worth it. Genesis 6 verse 1, speaking of those in the church and speaking of discipline, if a brother is caught in a trespass, rebuke in a spirit of gentleness. That's an important combination. If a brother is caught in a trespass, you hear he's a brother and he's caught. Rebuke. That's not going to be easy, right? In a spirit of gentleness. Ephesians 4 verse 15, speak the truth in love. The point is, truth is not just a luxury and it's not a soft luxury. It's not only meant for good people. It's meant to restore people to Christ Jesus. Even a gentle relationship. You know, the kind of evangelism you'd like to do is Gentle, easy, connecting with people. You hope it goes well. You do have to get to this point. By nature, we are sinners. By nature, we miss the mark of what God has designed us for. That we would lift Him up. That we would praise Him for life itself and for renewed life. But to get to that good news of forgiveness the good news of life in the Holy Spirit, you have to be like the doctor who speaks of the, the truth about what's wrong. What is this illness that you have? What is this poison that you take in and destroys you? You must love the truth too. We must love the truth. That's the point I'm bringing. Let's come to a conclusion here. The danger for all of us is knowing knowing the truth and seeking only to be confirmed in what we already know. There's a danger there. That you know the truth and it is for you like a pat on the back. Do you really want to read the Bible and to know the mind of God? Do you want to know the heart of God? There's a lot of truth from God. He is incomprehensible. You can't wrap your head around all that God has revealed about Himself. Are you too easily satisfied with what you know? Because here's the point. Love the truth. Love the truth, not just about yourself, but the entire universe God has created. As God loves the truth, and He's using it for life. So, love the truth. Use it for life, for giving hope, for joy, for strength. Congregation, love the truth by speaking it into the lives of the people around you. 
We need a hope. People around you, at work, home, school, down your street. Bring the truth. It's needed. It's a precious commodity. The kind that comes with love to give life, that's hard to find these days. A lot of people would use the truth to bring you down. But God brings the truth to give you life. Amen.